Welcome back to the Misadventures of the Millennial Version Podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Mia, and here we discuss the unspoken truths about faith, life, love, and sex. And I'm so excited about the guest that we have on the show today. Um, I'm just really excited for y'all to hear her perspective about sex, about celibacy, and just her unique journey that she's on right now. And so I have Tyler with me today. I'm going to let her introduce herself just a little bit so y'all can get to know her. And then we'll get right into our episode. So Tyler, tell the people who you are. (laughs) Hi. I'm Tyler. I am a um, last year, my last year in undergrad. I'm doing, um, I am majoring in IDS um, and a minor in hospitality management at the University of Central Florida. I'm a mother of one little girl, little busy little girl named Sage, who is six months. Um, I'm also, um, I work for um, the professional soccer team here currently, um, pretty much, and I substitute teach from time to time here in um, Florida. So that's pretty much about me right now. Um, Who is Tyler? Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tyler, I'm so grateful that you have agreed to be a guest on the show today. And just so y'all know, like it goes to show like social media can be a really good thing because it can connect you with people that you never knew that you don't know, or that you may not have um, like mutual connections. You know, people talk about like the six degrees or whatever separation and everything. And I think like Instagram, for example, that's how we connect it because I put out there that I was looking for some guests and Tyler reached out and we were able to chit chat and come to find out we're sisters in Christ. So I think that's even more awesome. (laughs) That's real. I think that's just even more awesome. Um, Everything happens for a reason. And I just believe that God is always like working things out, you know, for us. And we just have to be proactive in what we're doing. So thank you for being here. And um, yeah, so today I'm really excited about today's topic because if y'all don't know today's topic, it's probably going to hit home for some of y'all. Um, and so if y'all know the last, uh, the last episode was about um, celibacy, but it was also about how religion and spirituality kind of plays a part in our views about sex and views about um, relationships and things like that. And so today we're talking about not just religion, but also spirituality and how sex um, and how celibacy plays a part in your life, even as a parent. Um, And so that's just a little synopsis of what today's episode is going to be about. And um, we'll get Tyler to share her experience a little bit more. So we're just going to get right into the episode. And so a little bit more. So I know that you mentioned that you love, um, so you mentioned that you work for the professional soccer team there. So it makes sense. You love sports. So that's why you decided to work with them. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty correct. Right. And um, you also mentioned uh, planners. So I, to, to my family, they may or may not, you know, say this out loud, but I know they're thinking it. I'm an over planner. Like I, I literally <laughs> put, every, <laughs> I put yeah. everything in my phone. I put everything in an actual, you know, hard planner because I might forget something. Um, yeah. 
And so that's just something else that we have in common. And so I want you to kind of give us a little bit of um, background, give the listeners a little bit of a background about your personal history or your upbringing and your education. And then we can just go from there. Um, so a little history about my upbringing. Um, I'm originally from um, Miami, Florida, born and raised there. Um, throughout my life, there was a lot of moving back and forth, you know, from Orlando to Miami. Um, but I ended up graduating um, in Orlando from Evans High School um, and then going off and going to college in Tallahassee, um, Pensacola, and now we're back here in Orlando finishing off my last year in my undergrad. Um, but throughout that time, from day one, um, I was raised in the Church of Christ. We started out at Miami Gardens Church of Christ, and then we went to Pembroke um, Church of Christ, and then we moved up here to Orlando um, where, we, where we used to attend Southside who is now at my new church, our sister congregation at Ninth Street Church of Christ, um, mm-hmm. with our minister being Brother Exercius Snell, excuse me, um, in Winter Garden, Florida. Um, so I was always raised in the church, um, pretty much. My mother, um, a single mom, she did a great job. She had me and my brother um, outside of marriage. And so um, when we talk about, you know, sex and celibacy, I really had an example of why I should have, say, um, a virgin or, you know, just not interacting with any sexual things. And being raised in a church, I know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, how and why and why mm-hmm. could you, you know, why yeah. would you just step out? And, you know, I think today, and if we're on a podcast about millennials, we are just in a millennium world now mm-hmm. where... You know, it's a lot of pressure being a young adult, a black young adult. And let's be honest, um, you know, we we, these these little girls and my for my and myself as well. You know, we have hips at an early age. We have you know these physical things going on at an early age now. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's you know, sex is happening at a younger ages. It seems like Mm -hmm. every generation. So I had a good example of that. so um, I went off, um, you know, I, I had my, my, my last year in high school, I should see my last year in high school is when I lost my virginity. And I was like, I held out for so long mm-hmm. um, until my senior year. And I decided to do that. And I think it was like the worst thing ever. Like I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, why Tyler? Mm-hmm. You yeah. held out for so long. Your other peers, you know, were already sexually active and mm-hmm. you could have held out for so much longer. And it would have been the best turnout ever. I went on in Tallahassee. Tallahassee, the city did not make it any better. Um, um, after that, I went to Pensacola, my first university um, there, and um, that, that didn't make it any better. I was living on campus, and you make, you make it easier to engage in, you know, sexual activities. And, you know, it is that first year in college kind of type of feel. Yeah. Um, and then I end up um, going back to Seminole State. I didn't like the university whatsoever, so I ended up going back to Seminole State College where I earned my AA degree, and now I'm finishing off my um, my bachelor's um, at University of Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I said IDS earlier. A lot IDS is not very popular yet, but IDS um, stands for interdisciplinary studies. Uh-huh. So we have to have two 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 concentrations and one minor. Uh, my concentrations are public affairs and communication in my minor, like I said, is hospitality management. Um, with those two things, um, I am preparing to be um, in the more in-depth 
and the sports profession um, as well. And then my public affairs concentration. Um, it's another um, field that I would like to step in, um, which is criminal justice. Um, yeah. I, I am heavily involved in that. People, I'm taking a class now. When I say this, people are like, what? Girl, you're crazy. <laughs> but I'm taking a class now. It's called, it's a serial murder class. And okay. um, I'm, I'm just totally, you know, involved in, I'm so in tune in the class and what it offers because it's really an eye opener. Um, so that is what my education background is. My mother, um, you know, she's a, um, she got her master's and um, went on to be a teacher, still in the school system. Mm-hmm. Um, my father, um, my father used to play um, basketball in college. Um, after he stopped playing basketball, decided to go overseas and um, be a sports agent there and come back to the U.S. and finally um, start his own nonprofit, um, mm-hmm. which is still going on almost 30 years. And also mm-hmm. he, after that, um, he retired working from Nike. So now he's just working with his nonprofit. So um, mm-hmm. that's a little bit of my background and, you know, where I came from and a lot of the stuff um, that got me here, I think, to this point is a little yeah. background. Um, but along the way, I've always been, um, I guess, of people see me as kind of a, um, like, oh, she's the, you know, best person in the world. She doesn't do anything wrong. She's yeah. always, you know, a hair nice. You know, everything is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, she has this life. I think my yeah. life portrays other people as if it was a good life. And so when I became pregnant, people, some people didn't know, I was, some people didn't even know I was sexually active. And mm-hmm. being in the church, um, I think a lot of people was very surprised. And I was yeah. surprised at myself. Mm-hmm. Very surprised at myself. I was shocked. It took me, I think, until, um, it, it took me a long time to swallow the pill. I was well mm-hmm. over six months when I mm-hmm. swallowed the pill that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was actually practicing celibacy with my current boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a moment in time, I'm going to be very honest and transparent. Um, me and him just ended up, you know, you know, slowing it down, the current boyfriend I was with. And then I went back to an ex who I was currently, uh, I, who I was recently um sexually active with and that's how my daughter was conceived so it was that pressure you know I was really doing good I was well over I was well in a year of being celibate yeah and it just really just when I found I was pregnant it took nothing but a week it's like good god like oh come on like (laughs) really like come on so I was doing good and then that one slip up that yeah. one slip up, you know, really just caused, not caused, but I got a blessing out of it, of course, but yeah. it really just turned my whole life around forever. Yeah. And so you, I was, you know, I'm sorry, something really stuck out to me when you were saying just a minute ago about there was just this pressure of, oh, you're basically like you have this people have painted this image of you. Oh, she's such a good girl. She would never do this and she would never do that. That's where like a shame, shame comes into play. So on the last episode, um, I was talking with um, a sexologist and her name, sexologist Shamira. And we were talking about that, about how different settings that we grow up in, whether it's religion, whether it's just the culture that we come from, how, you know, women in particular, it's like this image is portrayed of them as this is how she's supposed to be. And this is how she is. 
And then when she, you know, makes a mistake or she doesn't meet the expectations that maybe she has placed upon herself or maybe the people around her is placed, it's like, oh my goodness, like there's no going back at this point. I've done this. I have a kid. I might as well just keep, you know, doing whatever I'm doing. But it's so important to like let go of that shame that other people have given us, but then also the shame that we've, you know, put upon ourselves. And so that's really what you're doing. Like you sharing your experience and sharing your story, like some girl, some will hear that and be like you know what I don't have to stay where I am no I have not been perfect but I don't have to like my past experiences don't have to make me and yes I have a beautiful child at this point but I can still you know make the best choices for myself so snap snaps uh, poetry snaps for you for that <laughs> it's yeah. so appreciated and then just like you said like I grew up you know in the church too like a church Christ bread and you know what people like the old school people call it and it's like you know what's right and you know and then it's like okay I have to be this kind of way because this is what's expected of me but then I think yeah it's important to remember like at the end of the day like that's why like Christ died for us because he knew that we will fall short and so knowing that we are gonna fall short knowing that okay God has forgiven me I need to forgive myself. That's one of the, the affirmations that I have that pop up in my phone every single day. God has yeah. me. I need to forgive myself, pick up my bootstraps and, you know, and keep pushing forward. Um, and that's what you're yeah. doing, especially because you said, even while when, after you found out that you were pregnant with Sage, which I love her name, <laughs> even yeah. when you found that out, you were like, you know what? I need to, you know, recommit myself to this because this is what I know God will have me to do. And this is what I want to do. Um, yeah. So yes. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Um, and you kind of touched on it just a little bit. Um, but I wanted you to kind of tell us a little bit more about why you personally decided to practice celibacy. Um, and just kind of tell us your why for that. My why is my daughter. Um, I, I, and I've had, um, up close, I've, I've had up close experience on why you should not have sex before marriage. Let me just be specific on that. Why you should not have sex before marriage. And, um, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think, I, unfortunately, I had to be the one to actually have a situation happen for me to understand why it needed to happen. Uh -huh. So, um, I want Sage, um, my daughter, to understand that it is perfectly okay, absolutely right, cool, hip, whatever is, whatever, whatever cool word you want to say, it is okay, though, to wait mm -hmm. until you're married to have sex. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually more, I, I, I wish I would have had that moment where I could share my body just with my husband mm -hmm. you know I would I would rather that happen than to me already being sexually active and then having that honeymoon and you know I, it, yeah. it just would have been it would have felt more more intimate would have felt more personal and mm -hmm. I just wish I would have did that and I want Sage to understand that yes mommy and daddy had you um, before we in any of us were married um, mm -hmm. before I was married so it doesn't mean that you have to go and it's okay for you to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I, but I want, I want her to learn that. Okay. Also, I want her to learn also that yes, you may make mistakes in life mm -hmm. that are permanent mistakes, but you're able to also turn that 
negative, what you think is a negative, into a positive. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, when I was pregnant, I was just like, you know what? I'm learning through this. My mom said, you're learning, right? I said, yes, I'm learning. She said, what do you know to do now? I, yes, I do. Keep them legs closed. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> like, for real. You know, I'm just being real, like, yeah. just being honest. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want this situation to ever happen again. i be very honest, you know, depression was really heavy on me throughout my pregnancy mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. Um, depression, a lot of things happened. A lot of things I found out when I was pregnant. After I was pregnant, you still have to think about postpartum depression. Yeah. A lot of stuff that happened after. Um, and because I decided to indulge in sex before marriage, a lot of things that could have been prevented happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want mm-hmm. to understand if you have someone by your side, specifically your husband, this process of pregnancy will be a little more easier. People think, oh, you know, you just had a baby, whatever, you're fine. After, after the baby, you'll be back to your normal self. But really, um, mm-hmm. scientists say, and I really do believe this, you know, that it is important to wait a year to have another child because your emotions mm-hmm. have to get back intact. Your yeah. body has to get back intact. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you just, I, I don't know about other people, but I was pregnant 41 weeks, going on 42 weeks with Sage. Mm-hmm. So, I was pregnant for 10 months um, with no one there but my mom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, thank God for her. um, It just would have been more better. Um, It was just me. It was just me and her. So my why would be Sage. Your why is Sage. And I think that's awesome because a lot of times, you know, especially like when we're young, we kind of feel like, okay, I want to make my own choices and make my own mistakes. But you are already, you know, setting it up to where Sage can learn from your experiences or what, like what you said or what you feel like um, are mistakes. And so if she can learn from those experiences and y'all have that open dialogue, she can say, you know mm-hmm. what? I can choose, you know, I do um, see what my mom went through with me. And I do see that, you know, how she wants what's best for me. And I do want what's best for myself, too. So I think you're already, like, positioning it to where she can learn from your your own, your mistakes. And that she can, you know, make choices that you both really want are best for her. And, of course, ultimately what God wants for her. So I think that's great that you're aware of that. Um, and just be, And also because just I want to reiterate how important it is for different people that I've had conversations with who have kids and they're, you know, they're in the Christian faith and, you know, they've had sex out of wedlock and they've had children out of wedlock and they just feel, they, they feel stuck. I'll say because they've done this, this thing where it's just like, oh my gosh, this person did this, you know, this almost, they make it seem like this unforgivable thing. They've had a kid, you know, and and so two things happen sometimes. Some people just are like, you know what? I feel like everybody is condemning me. I'm just going to fall to the wayside and just move on. And then other things that happen is some people like just continue, you know, keep having children and keep having children, even though it's not something they necessarily want to do. It's just, they feel stuck because they feel like I'm this. God don't forgive me. These people already, you know, are looking at me sideways and are, you know, making their remarks and everything like that. And so I think it's so important to understand, like, you know, Jesus died for our sins and we are going to make mistakes, but I think it's just so important to, we have to learn to forgive ourselves because when we learn to forgive ourselves, we say, okay, I've done this. God has forgiven me. Why am I holding myself bondage in this way? And I need to be able to move forward. Um, 
And so that's, I'm just really, you know, glad that that's something you've done and that's something that you've actively pursued to do because nobody has time to like hold ourselves in bondage. You know, it's the whole, it's too, there's too much work to be done. There's too much to be accomplished. There's an L set to be completed. Okay. (laughs) To pass. (laughs) Nobody has time for that. Um, So I just, I I think that's amazing. Um, And so at this point, um, what would you say have been kind of some of the struggles um, with choosing to be celibate, knowing that on top of that, you have a daughter now? Um. Hmm. Just to go back to what you were saying, you know, a lot of people, they either fall by the wayside or they just, you know, go ahead and they don't even think about what they're doing. They just keep having kids or, you know, just they feel stuck. And I think um, from my own personal experience, I can't speak for no one else but myself. And um, my pregnancy wasn't wasn't easy whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, My my eye opener was um, I was living in Tampa at the time. me and her father had went through something and I literally, I've never shared this publicly and I've literally was done and over with it. I was, I was very, I was very down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I, and I told myself, I said, I will never get back to this place ever again. I've never been this low before. Mm-hmm. And my mom was on the phone to me, quoting scriptures, reading out scriptures. She was like, Tyler, you, you have to make it through this. and it was just a hard time and I and and I almost committed suicide it was that bad and I came home to my mother's house in Orlando just for that just for that weekend I only came for a weekend just Mm -hmm. so I can get a breather from what was going on because a lot of things was you know like I said my pregnancy wasn't hard personally so I came to get a breather and um, Friday morning I just woke up after coming there that night and um, God knows how to wake you up. I, yeah. One thing about God, if he cannot get your attention, he will do, he will do the most dramatic, drastic things to get yeah. your attention. <laughs> and at that point, I stopped going to church. That was the one, number one thing. Throughout, throughout, throughout any storm, mm-hmm. keep going to church. Yeah. Even if you feel like it, it's not working, if you don't see, he don't, he, God doesn't hear you, keep going. And I, re- I mm-hmm. totally regret that, but that was the first and last time I ever did that. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I kept, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to church anymore. I was really depressed down and out. And that Friday morning, um, I got out of the shower and um, just, you know, long story short, I, I didn't wake up that morning after I fell down unconscious. Um, and so um Throughout my pregnancy, it was a lot of, you know, making sure Tyler's okay. Is she breathing through, breathing throughout the night? People didn't really know what the full extent of my pregnancy really was. And it was mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, it really was like it was just times where I just didn't want to be here because mm-hmm. I, I, I had made that decision. So mm-hmm. to circle back around to your question, um, how how is it now having a daughter? People think, oh, she's, you know, having she has a child now. You know, she probably still with the baby daddy, you know, all this other stuff. Or she yeah. just, she going to she gonna, she gonna have another child, another year, the way she going. You know, people really mm-hmm. do say a lot of cruel things. Mm-hmm. And what people don't understand is that everyone is not the same. And I am not everyone. Um, and everyone is not me. Yeah. And so uh, my, you can judge me all you want. But I know for myself, 
um, I will stick to my plan, which is to stay celibate until I'm married. Um, I have a daughter now, and I think that's nothing. I'm praying. I pray every night that she sees my story, understands that um, it's nothing. Don't shame anyone for having a child before marriage, but understand mm-hmm. that, un- understand their struggles and learn from their struggles. Yeah. So um, the struggle is, the real struggle is really just, you know, telling people that I am not everyone else. I am myself, I am Tyler, and I am still a child of God. Just because I had a child before marriage does not make me invalid. Yeah. You know? Yes, and you know what? You just, I really appreciate your um, transparency about your pregnancy and then postpartum, and you talked about depression and, um, you know, like suicidal thoughts and things like that. And I think it's so important. That's why I am like a huge advocate for therapy and because yeah. prayer is you know powerful and our relationship with god is number one but i think it's so important that whatever wh- whatever way god allowed you to make it through that season is is a blessing and yeah you know, whether it was through formal therapy or whether it was having a confidant like your mom and things like that i think it's so important because a lot of people you know especially women in pregnancy like giving birth to a child is a major thing and then when you have all these external factors playing a role in these external like pressures and you know wondering like oh my goodness are these are these people judging me or what are they saying and then you know you with the the situation with the um your, with um sage's dad and all this other stuff playing a part it becomes a lot and it's too much to deal with on our own so i think I appreciate your transparency and I it just kind of reminded me like man like that's why God made the God God created therapy like God gave man the mind to to have these different professions where people can have somewhere to go safe spaces to go and to talk to and this podcast is a safe space too you know to have these conversations no judgment nobody's going to condemn you for your experiences um so I appreciate that. And I wanted to also, no <laughs> yeah, I also wanted to touch back on how you said when you were younger and then even now, like as a parent, like just because you say, okay, I'm going to be celibate or I'm going to abstain from sex outside of marriage. It doesn't mean that those desires go away. They don't just vanish. They don't just go right. hide under a rock and then, okay, say I do. And then bam, those desires come back. It doesn't go away. You know, God made yeah. us, a certain, way. God made us yeah. a certain way. He made us to, to desire sex. And there's, of course, just a time and a place for that to happen. So I think it, it is important like, for people to know, like, okay, just because you make this decision, it does not mean, or you say in your mind, hey, this is what I want to do. It's not easy. It's not a cakewalk, um, which kind of brings <laughs> which kind of brings me to my next question. Um, what are some things that, um, I guess I would say, what, what for you personally, um, what does having an accountability partner look like for you or having someone that you can go to when you, it's like, hey, I'm struggling, you know, temptation is coming my way. How do you normally handle, handle that? And do you have any accountability partners? Um, I currently don't have any accountability partners and it kind of circles back around again to this generation of having friends um, who are like-minded that do believe that they should that you all 
um, as friends should wait until marriage. So right now, I'm a one-man band, but if anyone wants to join, I am willing to join with someone else. <laughs> so, um, but my, my, what I do is, honestly, my, like I said, my daughter keeps me busy. When I told you, when I told you, like, my daughter keeps me very busy. She's a diva of her own. She makes her own decisions, even at <laughs> six months. She likes to fight me all the time. I think mm-hmm. she she does it just so she can just, you know, give me a lot of frustration mm-hmm. and then laugh it off and yeah. smile and try to be nice. <laughs> um, so besides Sage, like, like you said earlier, planner, I ordered this gorgeous planner from, um, from Glamorous Planning mm-hmm. on Instagram, and I'm completely in love with it, and I'm always filling it out. Um, I have a success coach at school, and she told me to start filling, filling it out every month. So every month, my whole calendar is filled with stuff I need to do every day. Um, so I'm constantly filling it out. Um, Sage has an arts, arts and crafts activity every week. Mm-hmm. So that really does take up my time um and I do flashcards with her as well last week we did um we painted her piggy bank um her flashcards consist of colors and shapes um of Mickey Mouse and the Mickey Mouse characters and um I, I'm taking her to a black uh, a, a history thing you know in a downtown area here on Thursday um you know so doing stuff with my daughter yeah. I'm planning it out um, like I said, I'll, I work for the professional team and sub, and I do other stuff in the sports industry. So yeah. um, we work on Saturday. We work at, you know, uh, you know, awkward times throughout mm-hmm. the day and week, game days, of course. Um, another thing is um, I also speak. Um, so I'm speaking, like, for example, I'm speaking on March 8th about post-secondary education mm. um, to win stuff like that um, yeah. to high schoolers. So um, when I'm, I'm being asked to speak again, and I really feel honored and people yeah. that honor that people actually still see me in that light of, you know, just because she's a mother, a young mother, she mm-hmm. can still speak about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going back into my speaking um, at the high schools here. Um, just some of the things I do, and I'm really getting into getting back into really my church and the church activities. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the church play um, on Sunday for the Black History play. So we mm-hmm. had to do practices and stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah. that kept me busy. So mm-hmm. constantly being busy and really indulging in church activities because we can go to church all we want. Yeah. Once you get involved in church, you're going to be like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. You know, yeah. I don't, I met other people and, you know, and just saying about my, my church family, like, I'm glad I did the play. I wasn't even asked to do the play. My mom was like, here's your script. I'm like, what? So <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't even asked to do it. Y'all just put into it. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that it happened because I actually got to see people outside their element. And I actually got to see other people, other young ladies who are in my shoes yeah. and that are now successfully married with mm-hmm. children or without children, but they're successfully married and happy and, ups- you know, didn't have sex before they met, the- when they met their husband, mm-hmm. but after they married him. Um, yeah. So it was really great seeing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So while I was keeping myself busy, I was also getting motivated. So I have a daily scripture that comes to my phone. Um, right now I'm getting back into the groove of reading my Bible every night. Um, I do see a difference. When I read my Bible, I sleep through the night. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. I'm getting back into those little things that matter um, yeah. in life to keep you busy. Yeah. And you know what? That is so, um, 
I can really relate to that as far as like the whole staying busy and like not even just busy, like busy work, like, oh, just for the sake of it, but like important things that matter and, you know, occupying our time. And I feel like I have come to learn that that is extremely helpful in fighting temptation and not allowing temptation to, you know, over, you know, overtake our lives. Of course, you know, the desire will still be there, but I think it's important to know like, hey, finding a hobby, finding something you're passionate about, getting involved in church, finding, you know, someone that you can go to. And even if it's not a particular person, your journal is somebody you can go to to write down, you know, what you're struggling with at that time as far as temptation. Um, so yes, I, I agree 100% that being busy and occupying your time is a great way to fight temptation um, or to avoid temptation. Um, yeah, with between school, with nonprofit stuff, with church stuff, with all podcasts, all that stuff is helpful. Now, you know, I, I don't know if it's, you know, somebody else might think differently, but I think it is helpful because it's like, okay, if I'm doing all these things, I'm not going to have as much time to, you know, be out here, you know, fornicating. And that's not something that I want to do. So Yep. Yes, absolutely. I think occupying our time is a great way. Um, and I think sometimes I kind of forget that that is a way that I am um, striving to, you know, abstain from sex. That is something. It's just kind of almost like I have it now, but it is it is a great way um, to, you know, occupy your time and to avoid temptation. So anyways, yeah, I'm really glad you said that. Um, yeah. And then, um, so as a single parent, as a mom of a small baby, um, and I know that you mentioned that you want to wait until um, marriage at this point, and you're practicing celibacy, what are, um, what are your goals as far as, um, or, or maybe if you have some advice for, for someone else who's kind of new to this and they, you know, they, they're just kind of maybe hearing about, oh, celibacy, well, I have kids. What do you, what is some, maybe some thoughts or some advice that you have for somebody who um, has children or has a kid and they're maybe considering celibacy? Um, what is something that, a way that you would encourage them? My advice would be to just think about what transpired during your pregnancy um, versus what could have happened if you were married. Um, and I can, like I said earlier, I can only talk about from my experience, um, mm -hmm. when I was pregnant um, and now, um, until about two weeks ago, it did not hit me that I am mommy and daddy. Um, and it was a moment where Sage was just bawling her eyes out and Zaxby's, I'm trying to eat, didn't eat all morning. She needed to be changed and then, but she wanted to eat. Yeah. So she walked into the place screaming, in the bathroom screaming. People think I'm probably doing something to my child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I finally got it together. The man asked, do I want to dine in? I was going to sit down with her, um, you know, just have her sit in my lap or her, her car seat and just play and you know I have a little mommy daughter time that was what I had in my head mm -hmm. and what happened was the total opposite and um I left there and I felt defeated I felt like 
I had let myself down. And what I'm what I'm what I'm talking about is how could I really have sex with someone and they're not even here to even help me. So not only, you know, am I feeling, you know, like I should have never had sex before marriage, but now I'm in a worse situation where I have no help whatsoever mm-hmm. in any type of way. Yeah. Um, so when I think about being celibate, I think about that. I think about those type of things. I want to be celibate because I want someone I can share this experience with, this beautiful experience with, um, someone that can go through the hard times and good times, not just in, not just in the relationship, in a marriage, but specifically in parenting. Yeah. Because um, parenting is not easy. There is no handbook. There is no guide or anything. Mm-hmm. So want someone that can go through the ups and downs of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so my choice of my advice, I should say, to be celibate um, is to really think about that. Um, but, you know, I would really say um, to help you start that start that process as a single parent or a single mom, whatever the case might be, is to really uh, start reading books. Um, I'm, I'm not a reader, but so I can't. I don't, even, I don't even know why I'm saying this. But start reading motivating books. You know, mm-hmm. start doing something that will motivate you. Um, one thing I did over a year ago on my social medias was I I am followed everyone that was negative, that was mm-hmm. posting things I didn't like, um, sex, guns, stuff that was just ignorant. I just unfollowed them. Yeah. Um. So that you know, it was just I just unfollowed them. Um. Yeah. I don't follow the shade room. You know, I don't. I you know, I go in there from mm-hmm. time to time, but. By, by by me not following those pages, it has helped me in my journey of being mm-hmm. celibate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, on every social media, I have that. Um, when I'm talking to people, I try to avoid the conversation. Um, I try to always, you know, watch. Well, I have a daughter now, so I'm always trying, you know, I'm watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse 24-7. <laughs> I can't even think about anything, you know, sexual anyway. So, yeah. you know. I'm constantly keeping myself busy, but always think about the reward at the end. Mm-hmm. Because when you start mm-hmm. getting indulging in your prayer, and you start saying, "I need that Sierra prayer <laughs> to get rough," <laughs> you know, so you're like, "Okay, I should do this." You know, yeah. I should really do this. And think of you know, you're thinking about these people that who are successfully married, mm-hmm. um, and they had a child before they had before they got with their husband now mm-hmm. you're like wow you know mm-hmm. that's great i'm not sure if she was celibate before she had i must i think i think she said she was um she was sierra i'm talking about was celibate before yeah. you know throughout with russell they were also with megan, mm-hmm. yes and also with yes. megan good said her story about that yeah. and those are two perfect yeah. um examples of why mm-hmm. we should wait even though we had a child um mm-hmm. well with sierra i should say um, even though we had a child before marriage, man, it was, it's really great to see that Sierra is genuinely in love with someone who waited with her. Who honored her um, in that way, not yeah, for her. honored God. Right, not, mm-hmm. He didn't wait for her. He waited with her. Yes. Meaning yes. that he practiced it too. Poetry snaps so, right there. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I just think about that. I'm like, man, yeah. you know, 
I can't wait to meet my husband who is going to practice with this with me. And it also, mm-hmm. I think it will give you more time to get to know that person, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Y'all not doing, you don't have time for that because you're getting to know him, you know, period. So mm-hmm. even if you have a rough time, it sets your marriage up good as well. Yeah. Um, and so, And I think yeah. when you were mentioning about how important it is, um, so this is like things that are have been proven and this is something that we talked about um i talked about on the previous episode with sexologist shamira about how in the clients that she has worked with who were celibate in their relationship before they got married the quality of the relationship um was better because they had a chance to get to know each other and develop that intimacy before that emotional intimacy not physical intimacy but emotional intimacy before having right. sex when they decided to get married and she was saying how even when the mar- the person decides to get married everything is just enhanced because you've de- you've gotten to know each other and you've really taken the time to build that bond before deciding okay let's go ahead and have sex because a lot of people think that um okay, if I'm, you know, with my boyfriend, I'm with my girlfriend, we go ahead and have sex, we're creating this bond. But it's not a bond. In that term, in terms of that, that's not something that was ordained by God. But when it's husband and wife, and then you have that relationship, and they decide to have sex, in that way, it's a bond, and it's a, it's, it brings them closer together. So I, and I, it's things that state people have studied that show that it is a good thing. Um, so I think it's just refreshing. And I think it's great to see like other people who, you know, have people who have these major platforms sharing, Hey, celibacy is a good thing. Like it helped us. It helped our relationship. And if you, if you, if you decide to do it and it's something you commit to, it could be great for your life. Um, and so yeah. I think that's awesome. And I think it's great the advice that you gave for people to kind of think about count the cost basically is what you're saying. Okay. You're saying, yeah. okay, I'm not sure if I want to be celibate, but what, it, what's, what has happened so far in the past in my relationships and what has worked? Maybe something is working. Maybe there's some things that aren't really working. And maybe if I decide right. to take sex off of the table and truly focus on my relationship with God and truly, you know, be focused in the things and just growing myself in not having sex and build those relationships, it can be beneficial in the long term, in the short term. Now, it's a struggle because the struggle is real. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it it, it's definitely worth it in the end I believe and it's based on you know conversations I've had with other people it's beneficial um and so I wanted to also talk because we know that we live in a society that is is so um the opposite of what we're talking about today um but I think it's important to understand, like, even as a young person, especially like when I was, for me, for example, when I was in high school, I was extremely sheltered growing up. And so I didn't, I wasn't really exposed to that much pressure, you know, as a kid when I was under my parents' roof. But like you said, Mm -hmm. first year of college, it was like, whoa, this is a whole new world. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is, I didn't know this was, you know, out there. Um, So what would you say are some of the misconceptions that people have about celibacy or abstinence from sex? What are some things that people have all the way confused that you feel like you needs to be clear, needs to be clarified? Um, they're not having fun. Ooh, they're, you know, yes. They're, they're, you know, they're not having fun. I'm like, you know, they don't know how to keep a relationship and, mm. you know, other things like that. I'm like, what? 
what are you talking about? You know? Um yeah, I don't I don't understand why people have those misconceptions those those misconceptions about um being celibate because it's really a it's really a nice journey. I right I've I've been able to find things out about myself that I had no idea um yeah. I could even do because I'm so focused on keeping myself busy and doing things that I really like and with yeah. my daughter that I didn't even know some things about myself. Um so to be honest, let me keep it real. Um, I think it's very comforting to know that the person that you're, that you want to talk to, the female or the male that you want to talk to, is not out here having sex with anybody. <laughs> you like, you know, where where are they out doing? Yeah. And I have sex, so that's for sure. So you know, that's a good thing. Don't ever think that you know we're just the we're like people from a different planet. Right? You know, where are the people doing? Like what? Yeah. You know, you'll never get a husband. But in yeah. fact, you might just get a good, good husband because he realizes that you have so much self-respect that you're taking the time out of your life to really practice this difficult thing mm-hmm. now in days to do. You're like, okay, she's serious, you know, about it because she really wants to practice this and it means a lot to her. So what does that say about her yeah. as a whole, mm-hmm. as a woman, as a mother, you know? And think about, and I don't think people even think about this, but um, I, I don't think I was. But think about the person you're going to have a child with maybe later on. You know, you like, man, I want my daughter to practice that or, you know, yeah. practice being celibate, you know, until she's married or say absent until she's married, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think people think that long. They they think short term. And think about long term that mm-hmm. the, the good things that can come out of being celibate. Yeah, that's a great point um, that you made. Um, and I think it's really important to see for people to understand uh, life does not have to be boring just because I'm not having sex. Like there's so many things that I could be doing. And like we talked about earlier, how, you know, really occupying our time and maximizing our time um, that we have. Um, so yeah, a lot of people just have this idea, especially like if you're a virgin or even if you're celibate, like they're just like, oh, it's a prude. Oh, don't talk about sex in front of this person, which for the most part, yeah, don't. But I think it's important for people to understand, like, it's not even like for me personally, it's not even the topic of sex that is offensive to me because God created sex. But I feel like the context that sex is talked about is important. And so if we're talking about it, you know, in the right context, according to what God created it to be, then okay. But just to, you know, be out here having, you know, these rated R, you know, type conversations just for the sake of having it because people think it's fun, you know, that's, that is something. So that is another misconception when people, one, think you're not having fun, two, people think you're approved, and three, people, you know, think that you're <laughs> not approachable, they think, ooh, I, I, I don't, I have to be, you know, walk on eggshells around this person, which it's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that is, we kind of, we trying to educate the people just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so um as a the parent who is practicing celibacy um what would you say are some of the unspoken truths um about either sex or celibacy um or maybe celibacy living you know in this generation that we live in just what are some of the things that people just don't really talk about relating to those topics that need to be discussed 
I think one of the, the, the most important things, I think the month is coming up, if I'm right. I'm not sure. I haven't seen ads and stuff. Um, but I would say the risk of running a, um, a STD. Um, mm-hmm. That's like the if people don't talk about that. Yeah. And, um, I think the most hurtful thing you can ever um, find out is that you have an STD. You know, or, or you have HIV. People don't mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, you you run the risk of getting that, and people really need to look at um, where they live at and see where they are, um, where their city or in state is on that national list of high percentages of HIV and AIDS. Um, yeah. And it's it's really people really really don't take it seriously as they should yeah. and it's a lot of yeah. people that are walking around who are HIV positive and don't know and people just make it such a, a shameful thing to have it mm-hmm. and it's like look okay you got it you know sci- every day God is allowing scientists to find mm-hmm. out new ways to for, um, you know to keep you here longer mm-hmm. um, so, you know, you re- I really, really want to stress that um, you run the risk of that. I, I, mm-hmm. I ran the risk of that, especially being pregnant um, and, you know, someone stepping out of the relationship, you know. Yeah. Um, we both ran the risk, and, you know, people don't want to talk about that. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, for me, um, with me, you know, I was pregnant. When I did my STD test, you know, I was just hoping because when you're pregnant, you do it, you do a full mm-hmm. test of everything. Yeah. I was just hoping nothing came back, mm-hmm. you know, that that something like how you have STD, and and your child may have, you know, I don't want to, you don't want to hear that. Yeah, and people really don't want to talk about that and say it out loud mm-hmm. that, you know, that's that's that that may have been your 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 situation your reality and people don't think about that and that is one of my top five reasons why i want to stay celibate is because i do not want to get an std a lot of people yeah. you know don't want to talk uh, talk about it but they don't like to use condoms what you know it's like yeah. it's yeah. like people have made that such a norm even with me at some point i was just like yeah so fine you know baby it's not yeah. okay because you really run the risk of having an std would you rather have you know, short term, whatever, little hit it and quit it type of thing, or hit it and quit it in a long term, forever STD. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you know so. That, you STD anyway, like anyway, mm-hmm. oral or that, it doesn't matter. You know. Yeah, and you know what? That is so. Um, I didn't expect you to to answer the question that way, but it's. I think it's uh, awesome that you did because you mentioned basically this is sex education that that you're saying that needs to be out there more and that people don't think about and think that people don't think about really the consequences because you know having a having a child that's like a visible outcome of having sex but it's like people just society that we live in want to have sex but they don't want to have these conversations and they don't want to talk about okay what are the kind of you know protections that I'm going to use for myself. People don't discuss those things. And in, 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 of course, it starts with, you know, at home and with parenting. But even in a lot of schools, they do not allow sex education. And so people are just kind of out here 
living based on how they feel and their hormones, not having mm-hmm. make the most informed decisions for themselves. Because if sex education was allowed, including abstinence, that would help people to make better choices based on all the information that's available to them. And you've got full grown adults who you know, we don't really know that much because we haven't been taught that much. And then we haven't, you know, gone out on our on our own to find out this information and how important it is that sex is not just sex. There's so many, it's so complicated because God is a comp- complex being. Like God is comp- complex. And so he created sex. And so there's so many different things that have to be considered before we make choices. And so you know, a lot of people think that, oh, celibacy, it's just so, it's so ancient. It's not relevant anymore, but it is relevant because God's word is still relevant. And, you know, our lives and the way that we live are still relevant because we are here to live for him um, and to be a light, you know, in this world that basically says that anything goes. And so um, I just think it's awesome that you mentioned that basically sex education, because a lot of adults, don't really know, you know, no, <laughs> know is what they, I yeah, like I said, there's a reason, there's a reason these ads are running everywhere, people are like, why they have what, it's the mm-hmm. reason why people mm-hmm. have paid this money, the government has paid this money to put these ads up, asking people, telling people it is okay to come in and get tested for mm-hmm. HIV, and it is yeah. okay, it's a reason why people should really take a look at that, why am I, why am I constantly seeing this? Um, you know, you want to ask yourself, if you want to ask yourself, is it, like, that, that will go back to the question you asked me, you know, what are some, what, what is some advice and encourage you can tell someone who's a parent trying to practice that? Do you want to run the risk of getting an STD, uh, you know, again? No, you don't. <laughs> right. That is one, one another reason why you might want to, practice that because um, I know for me it was it scared the mess out of me yeah so. yeah and so um I don't know I think this conversation has been so necessary and I was I'm really glad that I was able to get your perspective as a parent and as a single mom who is like look this is the choice that I'm making and this is what I want to do to honor God and then I also know that I believe that God will reward me for the decisions that I've made to honor him um, in this particular way Um, And so I'm not going to hold you too much more, Tyler, but you mentioned that you're going to be speaking um, in Florida coming up, correct? Correct. Okay. Can you please give the the listeners the details on that speaking engagement or where they can get the details so that they can support you so they can either try to find you, find the recording or something so they can know what you're up to because you're up to some amazing things. Uh, um, I can say I'm not sure sure if outside people can come but if you live in Orlando Florida and you are um, already um, verified through OTPS through volunteer to come to a, a public um, school during the day on March 8th at 7:15 to 8:15 I will be at Okoye High School mm-hmm. in Okoye Florida and then at 1.15, let me make sure, um, 1.15 or 1.30, I will be at my alma mater, which is um, Evans High School, speaking about um, post-secondary education, how you can pay for it, um, telling my personal story of, you know, how I paid for college, what I did, what I'm currently doing, and what I'm getting ready to do also, 
um, as I prepare for law school. So um, I'll be talking about that subject on March 8th at Evans High School at 7.15 a.m. I mean, Okoye High School, 7.15 a.m., and then at Evans High School at 1.30 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. Awesome. Um, and if you need me to speak about any education things, um, I am willing to come and speak about it um, yeah. freely, openly talking about it. Um, I've been doing it since my first year of college, and I was asked um, to start, I, I was asked to come and speak to um, a, a group that um, mm -hmm. I was in, I was the president of my senior year of high school during my first year of college, and that's where I got my start in doing it, and I um, spoke to some middle school students, I spoke to um, about five classes. And I did a whole presentation, and I'm like, wow. And then after that, the requests mm -hmm. start rolling in to speak. Yeah. So um, awesome. I'm glad I can be able to do it again. So. so you said that if anybody needs you to come and speak about whatever topic that you specialize in with post-secondary uh, post education, where can people find you on social media so they can get in touch with you? Um, they can find me at underscore all things ta um that is underscore a l l t h i n g s t a um my first and last my first and middle name tyler alexis um they can find me there um post-secondary education of course now young motherhood and mm -hmm. um sex things of that nature now is in the in the on the list now yes. i talk about um <laughs> Also talking about leadership and things mm -hmm. of that nature. I'm a very transparent person. When I speak, mm -hmm. I do not sugarcoat. I I'm, I tell my story. I'm not going to be fake. No, that's not me. Uh, so yeah. I'm always willing to just come and really be honest with students, mm -hmm. period, as long as they accept me to be very honest and transparent with them about mm -hmm. who I am and my story, my background, um, pretty yeah. much any thing, any topic. Um, mm -hmm. So, yes. Well, that is great, Tyler. Y'all make sure y'all follow her on all of her, all of her social media platforms with Instagram. Um, I'm going to post your information on the podcast uh, description so people can easily get in touch with you. Um, this was an awesome chat. I didn't feel like it was an interview at all. I just felt like we were just two friends chatting it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm just, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you sharing your story to encourage other women, other moms, um, and other Christians, other people who are considering celibacy, other people who are already celibate, and other people who are just kind of not really sure what it's all about and to get your unique perspective about it all so i appreciate you so much um no problem and that's all that we have for this episode <laughs> all right thank you so much tyler thank you. you're welcome